Welcome to Messages and More, a podcast channel of Watertown Evangelical Free Church. This channel plays our weekly sermons and other content relevant to our church community. That's just like my, my childhood right there. Uh, no, we, we do. We thank you. Dads, uh, we celebrate you. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to invite some, some dads to come up on stage. We're going to have a conversation together about... Uh, Father's Day, um, while they're making their way up here, so dads that are on our panel, start making your way up here. Uh, and if one of you would grab the microphone, that would be super helpful. But yeah, come on up. And while they're coming up, I just wanted to share a couple of passages from Scripture that I think are just a great transition from that video of what dads never say uh, to the conversation we're about to have. Philippians 4.9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice. And this is Paul talking. And the God of peace will be with you. And so as, as I look around, I see a lot of Christian leaders in this room, both literal dads, spiritual dads, and parents, um, people that, that are being watched. And so I would just challenge all of us, especially dads today, that you're being watched. Uh, whether, you, whether you want to or not, people are going to put into practice. And Paul wrote this as a, as a single guy. And, um, and he knew people were watching him. And so being cognizant of that, being aware that, uh, you know, you've heard the saying, more is caught than taught, that no matter what we're doing, pe- people are watching. And so we have an opportunity to, to show God's love and God's truth. Um, but I would also highlight the verse before, Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so Paul's call to emulate him falls right after that verse. And so I would also challenge us, as we know people are watching, dads, as you know people are watching, be considering what you're taking in. What is your social media, news, social, relational, political diet? Are you spending time in God's word? Are you centering on those things that are true and noble so that what you live out is worth emulating? So that's my challenge. And I thought that'd be a great transition into our conversation up here. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. I have one question I'm going to start with. I'm going to have you start if you're okay. Uh, Introduce yourself. And then my question, keeping with our playlist music theme, is do you have a specific album, playlist, song that if you are working in the shop, the garage, around the house, that that's your, that's your go-to jam to keep, you, to keep you moving. Is this on? All right. Hey, everyone. <laughs> um, my name is Wade Hokinson. I have five kids. Um, my go-to jam would be uh, on Saturday mornings when we're not running off to a game, we like to cook a big breakfast and turn on Chris Stapleton Radio on Pandora. All right. Excellent. My name is Mike Poole, um, had my first kid not too long ago. Uh, playlist I like to listen to if I'm out working in the garage or just cleaning around the house is I like to throw in a little bit of rock music, kind of just gets me in a cleaning move, a little upbeat, so yeah. Morning, my name is Don Hardy, and uh, I grew up in western South Dakota, and so you could listen to country and western or country and western. <laughs> <clears throat> And then on other stations, they had country and western. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the uh, context of uh, my playlist. We probably have a bunch of Johnny Cash and people like that. Yeah. 
My name is Peter Daggett. I have three children and three grandchildren. For many of you that probably don't know that. Uh, favorite music. I actually lately have been listening to different artists in the way. And the last one I listened to, embarrassingly, is Elton John. I've been through Neil Diamond. I'm kind of going back through artist Phil Collins. So, yeah. Great. Thank you. Uh, full disclosure, and my wife would tell you this, and I just feel like I need to throw this out. My playlist when I'm working around the house is actually listening to the Les Mes soundtrack. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, what is the best thing about being a dad? Oh, the best thing is that you have um, someone that's part of you, your flesh, you know? It's, there's nothing you can compare it to. You can love your horse, you can love your dog, you can love your cat, but your children, it's just a different depth of love that you can't even compare to anything else. Well, it's really a mix, isn't it, when you're, uh, when you're a dad. There's the, the wonderful things and the things that uh, make you wonder sometimes. Uh, and sometimes they're uh, superimposed on, on, on the same event. <laughs> I was just thinking of when my son Dan was born. Uh, the doctor, I was in the delivery room with, uh, with Joy, and they handed Dan to me. Uh, he's been crying. They wipe his eyes off, and then he opens his eyes, and he looks me in the face. The first thing he sees is me. And so you have that deep, moving experience where he's, you want a new car. You want, you know, what, anything you want, I'll get for you. And it just the sense of bonding that occurred almost right away. And then Dan uh, closes his eyes and screams. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a mixture of both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just being able to you know watch them grow and uh, see how they progress. Uh, you know, it's just a wonderful thing to see, especially me being new father. You know, everything's a challenge, but just being able to watch him smile at you and laugh and play and start to crawl. It's just wonderful little milestones to get a witness. I think the, uh, the best part about being a dad is when all my kids are at home in bed sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, no, I think uh, when, they, when I see how excited they get when I've given them something that they like or taught them something, um, just to see their excitement when they learn something new or I've given them a good gift. So I'm going uh, uh, to give you another question, and it's a question that I'm just passing on that I've, I've gotten numerous times. And What do you do all day? Good question. Um, <laughs> typically, I get up in the morning, uh, I work out, uh, then I work, eat, I work some more, eat, coach, <laughs> and sleep. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah, just get up, usually start some coffee, can't get through the day without that. Um, you know, go to work, uh, pick him up from daycare, um, play with him until mom gets home, then she helps me out with everything because <laughs> I struggle with things. But uh, yeah, um, then usually, you know, bath time with him and put him to sleep, rock him a little bit. Cool. Well, when you're a Kids are growing, it's harder to, your day as a dad is really different. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're always a dad. You know, you may not be thinking of them every moment, but still, sometime during the day, you're reflecting on what your kids are doing and how they're doing. So you're always a dad. 
Don and I both have adult children. So when I read that, I'm like, children? I, I don't have little ones at home anymore. My children are 36, 34, hard to believe, and Corey, who's 25. So I worry, and then I answer text messages and phone calls <laughs> for my two daughters. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, do you have a role model for fatherhood that you would like to emulate? When I answered that, um, my dad. Yeah, since it is Father's Day, I would also uh, give a shout out to my father. Uh, we had a very close relationship, and uh, I miss him a lot. I think of him often. So he would be probably, uh, mostly for the good, would be the one person I would emulate. Yeah, my uh, role model is my dad. Um, he always took time for us, took us camping, took us fishing, hiking, biking. You know, he just, he made time for all of us kids. And, uh, you know, like that's what I want to share with my family, to be able to be that role model, um, to just be there and to help out and to teach them. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, four great role models. I mean, my dad is sitting on the audience right now. Dad, thanks. Um, my two grandparents are both hardworking, uh, hardworking men. And then uh, when I married Amanda, my father-in-law also has been a great role, mo role model for me. So, um, Was there anything you were certain that you did not want to do as a dad? Yep. There was, uh, I would say, uh, for the most part, laundry, cooking, and diapers were at the top <laughs> of that list. Um, and then, you know, after that, I, I didn't want to be a dad that was lacking in discipline and mm. soft on my kids. I wanted my, my kids to grow up in a house where they knew right from wrong. So, Yeah, uh, disciplining is, you know, I think important um, just to teach them, you know, right from wrong. Um, but, yeah, I would say uh, stuff I don't want to do is dealing with those blowouts with... Uh, <laughs> With the little one, because man, they can be. Uh, there's some bad days there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, acknowledge all those. <laughs> but uh, for me, the one thing that would stand out that I don't want to do is I didn't want to be the absentee dad, mm -hmm. the one who wasn't there at the right time. And so that was always kind of the the model that I wanted to follow, to be there even when it's. It was hard or inconvenient for me. Still, it was important to be there. For me, I, no, there was really nothing I didn't want to do because I watched my mom and dad kind of go through all the different things with uh, us kids. Um, so I was ready to handle whatever came. I was just worried about them doing something that had long-term consequences in their life. I constantly worried about that and prayed about that. So, yeah. So uh, kind of a counter is, what is some great advice that you've gotten um, as a dad? I'll remember this. We t when we would get together and talk about raising our kids, and especially when they became adults, is to stay calm, be consistent. What was the third one? Calm, consistent, and clear. I think that's what it was. That was like the best advice. Oh, my children will tell you this. I struggled with being calm uh, still to this day, so. I think the uh, best advice was from a colleague of mine. Uh, 
as I'd been struggling, trying to find time to spend with the, the boys and with Joy, uh, because of uh, commitments at school and commitments trying to finish up a degree, uh, my colleague says, I know you're not spending the time that you want with your boys, but he says it's going to be more important to spend that time with them when they're older because they were probably, you know, seven or eight years old. He says, but as they get older, the time you spend with them as you get older will be more important. So I, I took that advice, and I thought that was very good. Um, some good advice I had gotten is, uh, you know, in, enjoy all the small moments, um, especially when, you know, they do something that uh, can get your blood boiling a little bit, uh, you know, to kind of stop and think, you know, imagine, you know, if I was 80 years old and I'm looking back in this time, like I'm in a time machine, you know, this time I get to spend with them is so unique to this time that you just got to take everything and just love every moment of it because you don't get that time back. I think some of the, uh, one piece of good advice I've gotten is I used to spend a lot of time in my car uh, in my adult life driving around the Midwest and um, listen to a lot of podcasts along the way and I was listening to a Focus on the Family podcast one day and the statement that stuck with me was uh, if you don't touch your kids, someone else will. And so that's something that stuck with me. So I try to show my kids a lot of affection. Cool. So we're in a, a series looking at, uh, we called it Israel's Playlist, looking at the Psalms through the summer. And so I thought it would be good and appropriate if we would take some time as, uh, to ask you dads to do a reflection. And so we're looking at Psalm 1 this morning. And, I, and I've, a, I've asked them ahead of time, uh, they might not all respond to all of these, but we're going we're gonna to take a couple of moments and just kind of reflect on Psalm 1. The first verse uh, says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. And the, and the question I posed to you was, how do you live this verse out in your own life? And, and I'm going to kind of add to that, and this is kind of impromptu, but specifically when it talks about like, keeping in lockstep with those or sitting in the company, you know, kind of reflecting on that. How do you live that verse out as a dad? Yeah, when I, so when I think about my life, um, I've had some, I've lived an interesting life, I feel like, where, you know, playing college basketball and coaching college basketball and then going, getting, the, getting into high-stakes sales, those industries, um, it'd be very easy for someone to, like sit with the wicked and kind of go that path. And I think the way that I've lived that life out is um, I've always been able to find other men of character to hang out with um, and to be a part of their lives. And there's a, an accountability there. Mm -hmm. um, whether it be, you know, I mean, we're on the road a ton and uh, be very easy to just kind of go off and do your own thing and do what everyone else is doing. Um, but if you can find another person of character, that's very helpful. Yeah, um, you know, if dealing with, uh, you know, people at work, uh, it's very easy to sit and joke around with a bunch of guys, and uh, sometimes it can definitely lead to uh, mocking sometimes, you know, just kind of get in that headspace of, you know, w what if I was in their shoes, you know? Would that, you know, is that something I'd want somebody to, you know, to mock me about? And, you know, so then you just got to 
kind of clear your head from those thoughts and you know sometimes you might be the one person out of a group that might uh, take a different opinion but um, you know that's that's part of it of you know standing against it yeah I think it boils down to the company you choose is important so you have that choice you can choose the negative as we see with the you know the walk in the council of the wicked or sit in the seat of mockers or stand in the way of sinners but you choose to you choose your company and uh, when you have a good church like we do here and uh, I had the opportunity to work with uh, many uh, wonderful people at Crown, and that was uh, a blessing in my life. Well, I hope my kids have seen that the friends that I keep, my job, um, how I spend my time when I'm not at church has been consistent with my walk with the Lord. I have a lot of good friends that from high school still, and I, I talk openly about how it's hard to get together with them, but I still want to keep those friendships, even though they don't do some of the things, don't believe as I do. So um, I'm just open and honest with them about that. Uh, verse 2 it kind of builds on this. Instead of that, our, our challenge is, but, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? And so my question is, for you as a father, how do you bring God's word into your into your life on a regular basis? So this is, uh, was an interesting for me. My, my kids didn't see me when they were growing up um, uh, outside of Sunday mornings. We, we didn't have time as a family, and it's a regret. Um, but now I hope as a father, they, as, a, as adults, they see that the, the Bible's always there open. They can see I leave my devotional sitting open. I leave my Bible open, and that's intentional. I hope they see now that... Um, God is a part of my daily life in, in all parts of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the <clears throat> key word that comes out of that verse is, is to meditate. <clears throat> and so to take the time on a daily basis to spend in meditation and, and reading in the word is mind, it's, uh, mind-altering and uh, life-changing. Um, you know, by raising uh, my son in church, um, you know, we're planting seeds of faith in him. Um, you know, it started when I was a kid. My parents took us to church. We did uh, Awanas um, and, you know, Sunday school. Um, but just, you know, raising him to know, you know, who Christ is and who he will be in Christ. I mean, I would echo what you know, everyone else said about, you know, getting in the Word. And I think besides reading the Word, I, you know, I spent a lot of time in my car again. And so uh, using the Bible app, you can start a plan, and it can actually read you the Bible as you drive in your car. So I've done a lot of that, uh, listened to a lot of podcasts, read really good books, um, and obviously come here. So, um, Verse 3 begins to describe this person, right? This person who meditates on God's word. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. So uh, can you just share, like, how has God's word sustained you as a father? Where's that moment that you feel like that tree planted by water where God's word has really sustained you? Well, I think for, for me, uh, the way that God's word has sustained me, um, not just being a father, but in life in general, is I've always been in um, professions where you're measured by a number, wins and losses, dollars sold. And that can 
skew your viewpoint a little bit and God's word kind of brings it back and it refocuses you, um, it gives you the right perspective going into your day um, where you can lose perspective uh, really easily in, in some of those uh, professions I've been in. So God's word just kind of refocuses my, my mind and lets me know that I'm not in control and that he is. Um, as well as with fathering. I mean, we do our best with our kids, but at the end of the day, like, he's in control over my kids' health and everything else. So, Yeah, um, you know, just knowing that he is always there through tough times and the good times. He is always there with us, always watching, always protecting, um, you know, especially kind of echoing, like, yeah, watching over the kids' health. Um, you know, uh, when our son was born, he was in the NICU for 10 days, and those are those are a tough 10 days to get through, you know, watching them try to struggle to breathe and to grow, um, and, you know, you're just praying that he will allow them to get better, and, you know, and obviously, you know, he, he did, and and, you know, God does amazing things, but he's, he's always there to help us, especially when we feel like he might not be there. He's always there to help us. I know that verse uh, <clears throat> points out that we are like a tree planted by streams of water, but the phrase streams of water always speaks to me. The, we think of uh, elsewhere in the Psalms, whereas a deer longs for the water, so my soul longs for thee. And then we see where Jesus is also portrayed as the living water. So I think that as we spend time in the word, it, it becomes, well, in biology, we know water is life. And so it's as Christ works with us in the word that that's what sustains me and others. Maybe I'll pass on this one, and then for verses 4 and 5, I'll combine my answer, maybe. Well, perfect. <laughs> uh, Verses 4 and 5, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And so um, my question was, what are some challenges you have faced that your faith has allowed you to stand firm in the wind? Oh, well, like I said, <clears throat> I got married at 19. I divorced when my children were uh, 6 and 8. That was hard. And so I had to lean on the Lord. And so... And then I've had, I've had my uh, brother die at 39, my dad die at 75, my sister die at, I don't know, 59, I don't know. So he's got me through that. Yeah, I think there's those challenges where it could be the, the loss of a parent. It could be the, oh no, it depends upon your situation. Maybe it's a loss of a job or it's a, a difficult friendship that uh, ends, or in my case, I know it was a uh, struggling to uh, try to finish up again a degree at the university while trying to maintain a normal family life and uh, also uh, working full time. All those things added together, but yet there was a sense. And again, I have to give credit to the church here, where many of you came alongside me and just that word of encouragement. Uh, meant so much to me, but I know that was the Lord working in other people's lives, too. So it was, it was good to experience that, because it's not only the good times where you feel God's blessing, but also in the more challenging times. Um, yeah, being a father, um, you know, it challenges my priorities in life. 
Um, but I know keeping God at the forefront will always lead me to make the right decisions for me and my family. So in, in terms of challenge, I, I, you know, currently I think what we're being challenged with uh, in my house is uh, what our kids are exposed to every day is probably unlike what we faced growing up. Uh, my oldest will be a freshman next year in high school. We just got her her first phone. Uh, she was probably the last one in her class to have one. Um, but just everything from social media to news to what's to whatever, our, our kids are just being bombarded with with lies. And I think I think faith our faith allows us to not only know the truth but to help communicate it to our kids. Uh, so that when it's their time, they are able to stand firm in their faith. Um, but that, to me, is probably the biggest challenge we face right now. Yeah. Our passage ends, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So how do you know God is watching over you? Yeah, I struggled this, <laughs> with this one because um, I don't know if we always understand that he is in the moment for me. It's when I look back on my life and I see the evidence that I know that he's watching over me. Um, yeah, from what I was saying earlier, you know, with um, baby being in the NICU, um, you know, watching over us during those times. Um, also, you know, if uh, we've had some family friends be diagnosed with cancer, and that is, it's tough to watch and to see them go through that and, yeah, uh, just, he, he, you know, God has a plan. Um, there's a purpose why, you know, having some, you know, having somebody being diagnosed with cancer or breast cancer, um, it just, it might bring somebody closer into their life. You might be reaching out to them. You know, there's, there's a reason why God did that. Yeah, it's a <clears throat> somewhat of a challenging uh question to to work out but <clears throat> because it goes beyond just a blessing you're not you know if you're thinking well i'm not experiencing god's blessing it doesn't mean god's not watching you and taking care of you so i think it's a faith issue where you just god said he would so you just believe it and from that you you look for things in my life i noticed that uh, god would bring certain people into my life at a certain time or maybe there would be a certain set of circumstances that uh, worked out in a way that I would not have anticipated. But it was more beyond just feeling a blessing. It was more of uh, just a reassurance that God is there and the end result will be there too. <laughs> well, I just think, look back over my life, a lot of challenges, and it could have been, been easy to... Just go a different direction. And I just know that God got me through those difficult times. And so I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. Um, how could our church uh, support you as a dad? Uh, small groups. My best part of going to church has been the small group, men's small groups specifically. Um, for years, I've met with Stuart and Jay Tutt and, and, and Brian Andes at times, and it's just been awesome to sit there and share the struggles as a father, as a husband, and work life, everything. But small groups, I think, is just more of those. Yeah. Yeah, I think small groups are critical and very important. But I think as, as we look in general, what 
can we do as a church? I think we have to just make sure that it's the essence of our DNA to support parenthood, mothers and fathers, particularly in today's culture where it seems to be more challenging. But uh, Having so many friendly faces at church, um, you know, everybody is so inviting. Uh, we just started coming to Watertown Church here a couple months ago and um, met so many friendly faces right away. Uh, it was amazing how inviting people were and how friendly they were. And I think that's a great um, part of a church is having a community that's there right away from you, whether you're just starting at a new church or you've been there for years, you know, having people just smile and talk to you for just even a few minutes can just make the day. I think one of the ways that church can continue to support us is, so when my wife and I moved back from out of state, the reason we came back to this church was because of the people that are here in this church. And I look out and I see so many familiar faces. I grew up in the church and I see Mr. H and the Thompsons. And I mean, there are so many people like a name that when I grew up here, not just here, but out in the community, there were people there saying, hey, Wade, how you doing? And I think that might be the biggest way that you can help us is that if you see our kids out in the community, whether you know, our boys and girls say, say hi to them, get to know their names, there's an accountability that comes with it for our kids if I'm not around. But it's also just our presence in the community to be out there you know, and helping, helping our kids navigate uh, when they're out of these walls. Uh, so last question I'm going to ask you is the same last question I asked the moms on Mother's Day. Uh, is it worth it? If it wasn't, I would have stopped before, uh, before five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everything. Uh, like I said earlier, the, the blowouts to the crying, you know, it, it's absolutely worth it just to see them smile every day. Yeah, I think that's a duh question. <laughs> I think that the, uh, is it worth it? Uh, when I look at my sons, and it's uh, humbling and uh, rewarding to see that they're better fathers than I was, you know, that really moves me. Sure, it's, it's the hardest thing you'll do, but it's the best thing you do. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for sharing from your hearts, uh, from God's word. Um, we, we appreciate you. And to all you dads, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Messages and More, a ministry of Watertown Evangelical Free Church. To find out more, visit us online at wevfree.org.